0: Hi, this is Joseph Arthur. Thanks for checking out "Come to Where I'm From." Please support us on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Come to Where I'm From. We are an independent podcast, and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated.
1: Come to Where I'm From podcast episode how ninety-two. How many
0: cameras you got going on here? You got A, four here.
1: cameras going. Four audio channels. Only going. four? Yeah.
0: Well, there's two other like ones over there. No. Right?
1: Yeah, they're not in use. Oh. Wrench of Gangsta Grass. In the house. In the
2: house. Thank you, you for coming. How you doing, Wrench? Man, I'm just getting through some crazy times here with everybody else. Where are you coming in from, Wrench? Brooklyn, baby. Brooklyn. Which part?
1: Kensington. Where is that? It's Where nice. never, it's is that really Brooklyn. <laughs> it is, it's, although it kind of doesn't look like it. Kensington, Kentucky. Sounds yeah, different than <laughs> like, um, I've
0: lived in Brooklyn for years. I'm like, on a
2: block with um, porches and front yards, so it, really? sometimes it doesn't feel like Brooklyn, but it's actually it's uh, it's pretty close to Prospect Park. Okay, uh,
0: I love Prospect
2: Park. Yeah, if you go down like below Crown Heights mm-hmm. uh, and Leopard's Gardens, you get to Kensington. Or if you're coming around the other way, it's like. Park slope, you go down around the corner you're on Windsor Terrace. Yeah. And you keep going you're in uh, Kensington.
0: Okay. Interesting. How far away is the uh, bike ride if you wanted to ride to the East Village? Do you ride a bike?
2: Not not to Manhattan, but uh you could do it. It wouldn't be too hard to, to Which get bridge, to the bridge,
0: Brooklyn or Manhattan?
2: Uh I think you'd probably take the Manhattan Bridge, I imagine.
0: Which is your favorite?
2: My favorite bridge? Yeah. To ride uh, a bike on.
0: To ride a bike. On.
2: Brooklyn, because you're out in the open air. Yeah, on but that there's walk too back. many people. Too many people. Yeah, the people are a problem, especially if people you're biking. Are... People step into that bike lane all the time. Yo,
0: I used to live. Okay, I lived in Dumbo for years. I lived in Red Hook <laughs> you for have years. Have your
1: finger on the bell. Yeah, yeah.
0: Listen, I <laughs> I used to ride over that bridge. I remember, like, there was a point where I would just go bike lane, bike lane, bike, like yell. Sometimes, like, freak out. And then I, I then I got a Yoda impression. I was like. This is like different people. Every single time, you are wasting your breath. These are tourists. They're
2: Right. And, and then I
0: went zen on it for the rest of my years in Brooklyn, and I just never opened my mouth. I would just like... And, is, and and it like was yeah. that thing in the Matrix. when That's the correct approach. When Neo suddenly could see the bullets flying and stuff, that was like that <laughs> with the Brooklyn Bridge. Well, because you yeah.
1: feel like doing it, you feel like an asshole. Like I gotta, it's like I can't be doing this. The bell
0: is okay. Ding ding uh, ding ding ding.
1: Once you move to the Manhattan Bridge, you never go back.
0: No problems.
1: <laughs> it's not as pretty,
0: yeah. folks, but it's so much yeah. better. No,
2: I was, I was, I still, I still rated on the prettiness. Yeah, no. That's well, get Brooklyn Brooklyn Bridge is amazing. Classic,
0: yeah. You know what? Sure. Big fan of the Williamsburg Bridge over yeah. here. Uh, yeah. I've kind I,
1: I don't know. If I, I haven't dig done it. it. <laughs> Lots of people. <laughs> see,
0: people seem to like really just stay bike lane stays in the uh, bike if we're lane. we're you going on a bridge, riding up you know, the
1: Queensboro is hard. Uh, that mm-hmm. that bridge has an incline worse than all the other three.
0: You know what? My uh, big favorite is George Washington Bridge. That I've only done because it got the little red lighthouse. You ever been hmm. up there?
2: Not biking, no.
0: No, okay. You take that all the way up the West Side Highway. Mm-hmm. It's a good one to go on in mm-hmm. these troubled times. All right. And, and make that little red lighthouse your destination. There's mm-hmm. one lighthouse in all of the island of Manhattan. Mm-hmm. It's right there. It's like yeah. out of a child's story. Huh. It's beautiful. Where are you originally from? California. What part? Santa Barbara. Okay. Yeah. How long ago did you move?
2: I moved to New York in '94. '94, prime Giuliani time.
0: What what brought that on?
2: Uh, I came out to go to NYU for what? Uh, film school.
0: Ah, but I a lot found myself a common yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. So people, musicians, filmmakers sure. want to become m- become musicians a lot.
2: Yeah, that's right. and I, I guess I was a musician that wanted to become a filmmaker, but I found myself at the film school just taking more and more of the sound classes, so I mm-hmm. could use the studios right. to make tracks. And I thought, this, I think this means something. Right. Just stick with the music.
0: You followed your bliss. Yeah. As Joseph Campbell yeah. would say. And Invisible Hands helped you. Yeah. So you became a musician then?
2: I did. Or I just kept or being kept being a musician. Kept being a musician. From, from the start, yeah.
1: What were you doing as far as music-wise? Were you a singer-songwriter to begin with?
2: Uh, t- I've always been kind of on the production side. Um, doing Making beats and stuff. And, and recording things. And then, you know, I, I sing to the extent that uh, I need somebody to sing the stuff that I'm making. And sometimes it's me. So, That's there you default. go. That's a default. Yeah.
0: What do you program your beats on? Uh,
2: I've been using Pro Tools forever. Um, when I need a drum machine, I'll plug in Reason. I um, like Reason and yeah. Pro Tools is a great combo. It's a good combo. combo. It's yeah. a good combo. It's solid.
0: I loved that for years. And then I switched to Ableton. hmm And the Push 2. hmm and I still sometimes long for the days of Reason, and Pro Tools. <laughs> I'm
2: I'm definitely somebody that like if if it's not broke, if it's working, just stick with it. So, I just have been doing yeah. that same combo forever, even today. It's yeah. a good
0: combo. Yeah, it really works. They got Reason dialed yeah. in. I when I first uh, I I was uh, signed to Peter Gabriel's label and real world records and the guys who invented reason they were like assistant engineers when i first started recording there mm-hmm. just like these assistants that were working on this program and
1: before if, it was out yeah yeah yeah. no this is like early <laughs> like mid-90s ni- mid did, did 90s. you give some input <laughs> mm-hmm. man i wish
0: if, it's like one of those things where if i had only known then right what i know now I would have been like, hey, you guys need help developing that thing, that little thing you're working on? Yeah. You know?
1: So, you were doing beats back from the 90s. Yeah.
2: And it's no big deal. You guys got the SM7Bs, and I'm here on a 58. Well, I'll tell he you what, He does that I'll, rock it.
0: I'll tell I'll you, rock you it old Bro, because I don't like that no, either. I'll but he, tell you why. Because I, I want to
1: sanitize. I, I can't sanitize. I want to tell Wrench why. Let this, me tell okay,
0: Wrench tell why him. in my words. Tell him. Tell him. Because I've asked that same thing. I don't uh-huh. like it. I don't like it at all.
1: <laughs> I want you on this mic, too. I'll tell you what. I can handle it. so
0: uptight about
2: social distancing and.
1: You don't know what guest you're getting. Slow, no, that's what know. I'm saying. I don't so care. I will rock like, a
2: 58 because you oh. know what? People have been rocking 58 since We're the dawn ahead. of time. By the it's way, your problem. voice
1: sounds
0: great. Thank you. It doesn't yeah. sound, I, mean, I don't think it would sound.
1: I mean, more punk rock would be, be if I had a 57
0: there. Yeah. That's true. You know? Yeah. I'm glad that you know that. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'm glad. That, <laughs> hey, the guest it, should have
1: an upright with a 57. Mm-hmm. Wow There you I'm go imp- <laughs> Color me impressed Ehud <laughs>
0: There is n- uh, none more Of a punk rock mic Than the 57 mm-hmm. I know I probably Stand No on, oh, what, No, no uh, What do you call it No boom No boom No boom, no boom. No boom. No boom. Yeah. No boom, straight round bottom, straight, straight stand, straight up, straight stand,
1: fifty
2: seven. Welcome everybody to Engineers Geeking Out. Yeah, uh,
0: we're your host for today. This is the this is the content people are like hyped about, dying though. for. This is the this <laughs> for is the sure. shit they want to hear.
1: But to finish his thought, it's just I can I can wipe that down, and me and him use the same mic. Mm-hmm. So I just want to be respectful yeah, yeah. to the guest, yeah. and you know if the if yeah. I you know
2: they sure should put out 50, like commercials now, like fifty eight. It's the sanitized mic. Yeah. Yeah. Get a or come
1: come up with a top for the SM seven that you could wipe down.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Anyway, that's why he gave you that mic. Got n- it. Yeah, no got disrespect. No disrespect. <laughs> Quite the opposite. Full respect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good one. Right. Full respect. Yeah. Quite the opposite, yeah. wrench. but I get it. I know. If I were in your shoes, I would have yeah. said the same. thing What do these guys thing. think no. I, I know. am? I would have actually been irate about it. Giving me no. a feeling. I know. Like, I
2: know you put this here for me because you know I can handle it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. You came close. Yeah. You, you you sussed it out.
0: Uh-huh. So were you always interested in hip hop in those early days? Or yeah. Was that like? Yeah, I got into
2: hip hop. I think it was third grade mm-hmm. that I was in when really? when hip hop really blew up. It was the 80s. Yeah. And uh, and so like Beat Street came out. Uh-huh. And all the kids were watching that stuff. So recess for Remember me Remember
0: Colors when that movie yeah, hit and that soundtrack. Yeah, that yeah. was like when I heard that I was ice like tea, I want to make that song. That's ice what tea?
2: introduced us all to ice T. Yeah. He Colors got the
0: song for that. Not, not
1: body count in the
3: house. Colors. Not, not, no, yeah, yeah. that was before no, Body yeah, Count. Yeah, no, I know. That's when Colors,
0: I Colors Champagne. I went and saw mm-hmm, that with my yeah. mom really? in the theater. Yeah. So what was the
2: soundtrack?
0: It was Colors. Yeah, it was Colors Ice Tea.
2: Cuz I'm a Black Knight walking psychopath talking. It's just like and kicked and then, it off from and that. Then, yeah. then
3: look at Seems on. like so, you know so, it. So, I, uh, let's let's go, go, that go. that first
2: line is seared into my brain. Yeah. third grade for me was about Recess was putting down cardboard to do your backspins with your parachute pants on mm-hmm. to Beat Street and Some whatnot. Some Z and yeah. shit. I got my first, um, my 45 uh, record uh-huh. that I bought to take home and put on the turntable was the Rocket by Herbie Hancock Love single. It. yeah. And so from there, it just it just kept going. Run DMC came out and mm-hmm. we were all reciting those lines to each other. Mm-hmm. Really? and then
0: public enemy and nwa and it was a yeah. rap it yeah. was a rap when the, when those two albums takes a nation of billions <laughs> i always think is it millions or billions it's, it's billions millions. <laughs> it's <laughs> millions it's millions yeah. It's millions. yeah okay takes a nation of millions and then straight out of company yeah. those yeah. two that was like that was like the beatles and the rolling stones mm-hmm. which sure. which one which one did you rate higher
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh i was more of a public enemy yeah. dude I probably was
0: up. too, but secretly liked N.W.A. more. Sure. And oddly, uh-huh. N.W.A. aged uh, like the production might 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 have aged better than Public Enemy. No, no, I disagree. You disagree? Yeah.
2: I mean, they're both they're both good and classic. Yeah. But uh, you know, and I actually uh, recently I, I got to hang out with Hank Shockley from the Bomb Squad, uh-huh. who worked on some of that production, and I I still listen to it because this is all the layering that they were doing. Yeah. On that stuff is still amazing.
0: It's killer, but Holds like, up. but Dre just was like, and Dre was
2: solid, yeah. N.W.A.
0: Was, is like the early; it's kind of yeah. like early uh, listening to like early Phil Spector yeah. or something.
2: Well, Dre's approach was so much more straightforward. Yeah. It was just a you know, you kick, snare, high hat. There's your beat, and then put a sample over it, and and then just to have the guys rap over it. In Public Enemy, yeah. you had the the Bomb Squad producing. <sighs> All these layers where they'd put in different things, like several different samples going at once, and then Terminator X doing the cuts on top. And uh, it was just really complex what was going on.
0: Always like a recurring note on every like bar mm-hmm. whatever yeah yeah yeah
2: something high yeah, warbly yeah were you analyzing ha- it as
1: you. a kid when you were listening to it? What do you remember? I wasn't
2: analyzing it. I was just kind of like soaking in it, you know. You just put put that on and you feel this like all this noise wash over you that's just like this glorious uh just just glorious wall of beats and sounds going on.
3: Mm. Huh.
0: Do you ever get into Gangstar? Yeah, yeah, full and, clip
2: and uh, and guru, guru all that stuff. Yeah, mixing jazz in
3: DJ that, Premier. That uh, became I love, my favorite. I, I don't know primos. any of those
1: went right over. No, uh,
3: DJ well, Premier. That, that's on the, the same beats. band. One right. One, no, I grew. Yeah. You know where I grew up. Game none star. of this
1: was. Uh, unfortunately, none of this was in my uh, in my conscience. Mm-hmm growing okay, up so in,
0: you're a, gonna, in
3: a foreign
0: country. Oh, so you're going to blame growing up uh-huh. in Israel yeah. for your Yeah, well, ignorance. I
1: didn't... That was, wasn't popular, NWA, oh, or fine. public... I think I saw Public Enemy because of MTV. Right. Were they playing NWA and MTV? Did
2: that make an Yeah, MTV? yeah, of
0: course. Yeah. Uh, express mm. Yourself. Okay. Remember, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Remember the got it, got it, sanitized yeah. version of expression. Yourself? And express they had Yo MTV Raps. Without any,
0: without any, uh, without any curses.
2: Yeah. Oh, right. okay. But it's true. Yeah. Uh, DJ Premier, I would say, is definitely one of the great beat makers mm-hmm. of hip hop. And
0: Guru is one of the great lyricists. Mm-hmm. What I love about Gangstar is they were like motivational, like positivity rap mm-hmm. without any cheesiness. Mm-hmm. That's hard to do. Yeah. Like songs like Discipline and about like, you know, being disciplined and yeah, still inspires me still.
2: Yeah. Well, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to do an old uh, hip hop cover okay. for you today just on acoustic guitar. Well, let's hear since it. We're, since we're talking about the influence yeah, yeah. Yeah. of hip hop going Love back. It. Um, because another big, big one that happened in the early 90s when I was in high school was Cypress Hill coming out. I was in Southern California. Mm. So Cypress Hill came out and everybody was like this is the Mm jam and i listened to that first cypress hill album just insane in the membrane it It was before that that was on the second album the first album was uh hand on the pump and how i could just kill a man oh yeah and stuff and i i wore that cd out listening to it was it an
1: underground scene with them in the beginning
2: a little bit yeah a little bit
0: yeah because be
2: real yeah and who was the other man? And, uh, and Sendog was and like Sen the hype Dog. man, and then uh, and, be and then real. the production was DJ Muggs. Uh huh. Nice. All right, let's
0: hear yeah. it. What do you got? Hold mm.
1: on, let me just check let the see. guitar. Just let's play see. for a second.
0: I like that cause... guitar too. What kind of guitar is that?
2: This is a Lara V. Those are nice. Um, they're man. awesome. Yeah. Nice little Canadian company. The Guys are really yeah. cool. So we have a relationship High with end. them. Yeah. Um, highly recommend these uh, Lara V guitars. I got this is an electric acoustic so it comes with a uh, an oh. LR bags uh, pickup on it and we tour uh, we used to tour around the country and uh, oh. I would get I would get compliments from the so, sound guys we'd we'd be doing sound check and I'd get this in there and they'd be like
1: that sounds nice Yeah so. yeah Is that like your Acoustasonic? Uh well
0: I got I play a Fender Acoustasonic not really but similar
1: Okay, what's it called, wrench?
2: Lara V.
0: No, but he's talking about the song, I think.
1: Yeah,
2: the song. Oh, the song. I'm gonna do "How I Could Just Kill a Man" oh. by Cypress Hill, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get the guitar a little bit on the mic too. Sure, acoustic sound.
4: Hey now. Don't miss out on what you're passing You're missing the hooter I'm the funky Buddha looter Your messed up style I get wicked So come on The cypress starts to kick it Cause we're like outlaws striding Where suckers are hiding Jump behind the bush When they see me striding by Hanging out the window With my magnum Taking out some putos Acting kinda local I'm just another local kid From the street Getting paid by my vocals There is something you can't Understand how I could just kill a man. Here is something you can't understand how I could just kill a man. Here is something you can't understand how I could just kill a man. Here is something you can't understand how I could just kill a man. I'm ignoring all that dumb shit, yo, because nothing is coming from it I'm not gonna waste no time fucking around my guestry, humming, humming, coming at you yeah, you know I had to get you time for some action, just a fraction of friction I got the clearance to run the interference Any satellites shining a battle light Wrench got the gat and I know they'll get you right Here's an example, just a little sample How I could just kill a man One time tried to come in my home Take my chrome, I said, your wait, on Take cover, son, I asked out how you like my chrome Then I watched a rookie pass out Didn't have to blast him, but I did anyway Hey the punk had to pay So it just killed a man It's gonna be a long time before I finish one of the many missions that I have to establish the light my spliff ignite you with side, and if you ain't down bullshit Say song, punk, tried to get you for your auto Would you call it one time I play the role model? No, I think you act like a thug Next you hear the shot of a magnum slug Come in, coming at you. Yeah, you know I had to get you. How do you know where I'm at When you haven't been where I've been? Understand where I'm coming from When you're up on a hill in your big home I'm out here, risking my dome Just for a bucket, or a fast ducket Just to stay alive, you gotta say fuck it Here is something you can't understand How I could just kill a man Here is something you can't understand How I could just kill a man here is something you can't understand How I could just kill a man here is something you can't understand here is something you can't understand How I could just kill a man. Here is something you can't understand. How I could just kill a man. Here is something you can't understand. How I could just kill a man. Here is something you can't understand. Here is something you can't understand. How I could just kill a man. Here is something you can't understand. How I could just kill a man. Here is something you can't understand. How I could just kill a man. There is something you can't understand. How I could just kill a man.
1: Nice. That translates really well on acoustic.
0: <laughs> how long ago did you figure that one out?
2: A long time ago. I've been doing it for a long time. I was uh, it was early 2000s. Yeah. I was uh, I was doing a a, a hip hop honky tonk band and we we started trying that out and it just it just fit right it away. Fits. It yeah. it
0: sounds like uh, yeah, like the the mix of the country and the hip-hop is I was wondering (laughs) the reason I asked how long ago is because I was wondering If that was like the lightning bolt moment where you're like, oh, let me like combine these two uh, Genres or if uh, how'd that moment come
2: there was no moment It's just the influences that I have Mm -hmm. just coming out. That's always been there Um, And so when I was uh, getting into producing beats and after moving to New York, I was making beats for MCs around the city um but getting back into the country music that i'd heard from my dad growing up mm. and so when i was making beats i kept having these impulses being like you know what would be really cool on this beat it would be a pedal steel guitar or mm-hmm. a fiddle or something which the mcs never wanted to go mm-hmm. for and i ended up just starting to to write stuff on my own to to experiment with it
0: oh uh, okay and the banjo too I, yeah it said in your bio Anjo. that like People don't know the banjo's origin is African.
2: That's right.
1: That's yeah. And
0: we had Tony Trishka on. Oh, and, nice. And, and, he, and, he, and he and he mentioned that same thing. Mm-hmm. We Talk got,
1: about a banjo, dude. That yeah. was incredible. Yeah.
0: Did you ever work yeah, with him? Tony's
2: for real. We cross paths with him now and then. Yeah. Um, I know uh, the Gangs uh, banjo player, Dan Whitener, has worked with him a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw him in February, actually. The last gig that we were able to do um, was in February... And uh, it was at the town hall. Here it was a tribute to Woody Guthrie's "This Land Is Your Land." Oh, okay. we, were, we were both on the bill for that.
0: That's the last gig you did.
2: Yeah, that was the last big uh, That's kind of show po- with a big audience. In yeah. a way, yeah. "This
0: Land Is Your Land." Right. Yeah. You know. Uh
2: uh-huh.
0: Interesting. But
1: if if we're bringing up Tony and banjo, mm-hmm. then Gangsta Grass is technically bluegrass mm-hmm. and rap, right? So, yeah. but bluegrass. By definition, doesn't have any drums, right? And then yeah. you do add Indeed. the beats and drums to it. Indeed. So does it sort of like the bluegrass folk, like, "Hey, wrench, what are you doing?" The there's a there's like one sliver
2: of bluegrass traditionalists mm-hmm. that get totally pissed off about what we're doing and we love that. Oh for real? Yeah. But it's it's, it's like it's the it's the minority for the sure. Haters fuel but, the yeah. thing, don't yeah. they? but I mean, well, like for the if most if part, you don't if I don't have any
0: haters kind of engaged, I feel like I'm not doing yeah, anything. Absolutely. It's <laughs> I mean, like not enough people are kind of getting mad at no. me, which lately nobody's been getting mad at me. I need if
2: Nobody's to, getting mad at you then you're not innovating. I'm anybody. not
0: doing anything. Big
1: deep poppy pissing people I know off.
0: I need to like get canceled so I can be <laughs> (laughs) real
3: (laughs) (laughs) oh it's uh there's a lot
1: of other ways to piss people off besides
2: being canceled oh my god
0: i mean we like to there's so many ways to piss people off
2: yeah but to me it's important to who you're pissing off right right because i mean just pissing people off for the sake of pissing people off is is immature but if you're doing something real and you're pissing off traditionalists that don't want things to change that is absolutely cool with me yeah all right yeah. So uh, and and for the most part, a lot of bluegrass fans like get this and they're into it and they're welcoming. And mm-hmm. then there's like those two guys over in this side of the room that are shaking their Should heads. Should we drums right? on these tracks? And that's totally fine. Um, you know, a lot of people forget. People we forget history. You know, right. like bluegrass traditionalists think that there's some sort of like this like bluegrass unchanging thing, mm-hmm. and they don't realize that bluegrass itself was bringing together the. The Appalachian folk ballads with the blues guitar and the gospel tradition and like these different influences and over time it's changing as well. You can't stop it. That's like the whole history of American music. Evolution. is these intercombining streams that always keep like permutating into new combinations. Hmm. So I totally call bullshit on anybody that thinks right. like you know it has to stay the same way. Well,
0: especially with what you you guys are mm-hmm. aren't claiming to be a bluegrass band if you were mm-hmm. then okay maybe they have a small foothold in their right. haterade but like <laughs> no. there's no claim there is there pushback on the
1: hip-hop side
2: of things they're more Not, open yeah they're, they're more open more, more on the hip-hop side of things there's a lot of people that get into it and then a few people that are just like i don't know like right. but, but they don't hate on it they just are sort of like I, I don't know what to do with this
1: but yeah. yeah. interesting
2: so it's not so much hey, but it's just it's it's a lot about just getting us in front of people because once they once they once hear they the way that we're alive, doing it, yeah, then they, no, then they I got
1: I gotta agree with that. There's having. even
2: a lot of people out there that just have eclectic tastes, and they're not like I'm a hip hop person or I'm a bluegrass person. And we tend to have this image in our head of like all these separate fan bases out there, and the reality out there is there is so many people with with Johnny Cash and Jay-Z on their playlist, like, mixing it together. So yeah. you don't, like, our experience is not going out and like, oh, we're playing for a bluegrass audience, or we're playing for a hip audience. For the most part, we're playing for a bunch of people that already have eclectic tastes, mm-hmm. and we're bringing together influences of people that they're already into. Where did the interesting country came from? Your dad? From my dad. He's from Oklahoma. Uh-huh. So I grew up with a lot of honky-tonk around the house. Really? Uh, Willie Nelson, and Johnny Cash, and George Jones, especially... Um, And also a lot of the um, Grand Parsons and Flying Burrito Brothers stuff.
0: I love Grand Parsons, ghostly soul. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, And so Grand Parsons, uh, after I like got older and sort of like rediscovering all that stuff that I was hearing as a kid and reading about Grand Parsons was a total inspiration too, because people thought what he was doing was so crazy to mix country with rock and roll. Yeah, with the like the psychedelic rock and roll of the hippies and the soul music that was going on at the time.
0: That's interesting. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. It's weird how young he was when he passed.
2: He is, I think he's, is he part of the twenty six year old club?
0: I thought he was like twenty nine, but I don't mm-hmm. really know. I'll but I, really. I think twenties.
2: So yeah, I think, I think
4: yeah. But he six. was like yeah.
1: His, his Keith, recognition Keith after Richards. he passed away was just like he was like his a version genius. of Wild mm-hmm. Horses
0: is mm-hmm. incredible. It's kind of
1: like a Jeff Buckley kind of situation mm-hmm. with Graham.
0: Yeah. Yeah
1: yeah and then how old was he no oh, yeah. um so when you were mentioning the bluegrass and the hip-hop then do you get booked on like the bluegrass festival mm-hmm. or do you get yep. booked on the we play bluegrass festivals okay
2: so uh, for sure and then we play all kinds of other festivals as well and um there's not as many hip-hop festivals yet right but uh you know we, we certainly want to get our foot in that door as well how long have you guys been together I started doing Gangsta Grass, actually uh, experimenting with it in 2006, but I put together as a live band around 2009, 2010.
0: Oh, okay. It's same members or has it changed?
2: And it, it mm-hmm. went through some lineup changes, finding the right people. Uh-huh. We've got a pretty solid group that's been uh, rolling with us for six or seven years.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. How um, the Justify, you guys did the Justify mm-hmm. theme song and yeah. they, they asked you to write
2: that? Yeah. That was a call that I got out of the blue. It was actually, they first called me up to... To license one of the Gangsta Grass tracks that I did for a commercial for the show. And when the producers of the show saw the commercial that they were working on... Graham Yost, right? Yeah, Graham Yost, uh, producing Justified. He saw the commercial... That they were working on and said that's what we need for the theme song so they called me back again and said do do a new thing that's just like that but a new song for it, it was
1: both song. of our favorite shows nice. and until yesterday we fine. didn't i didn't realize it was and i love that opening yeah. theme song yeah, yeah and a good, it kind of makes good. sense now with it. Yeah, good job on yeah. that by the way <laughs> thank you thank you yeah, yeah that's a that good great.
0: show what's
3: the grand parsons uh, thing so i gotta do the math
1: on. he was born in 46 and died in 73 so that's 33 yeah, 33 years old. Hmm. So it wasn't the 20 something. Okay. Right? My math is correct.
0: I don't know, dude.
1: <laughs> Wait,
2: say those numbers again. He was born in 40. Yeah, I don't know.
0: It was, it was quick <laughs> the way he it. I did
1: think that, that might be 20. 1946, uh-huh. yeah. November born. Yeah. yeah. Died September 19th, 1973 so, so he was around
2: 27 27 or 26. oh wait yeah. did i do the math wrong
1: sorry actually it was 27, yeah. 27. i'll edit okay. my stupidity out okay um no i won't
3: no nah. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: the band is you on acoustic Yep. you have a banjo player got a banjo and fiddle going and fiddle. on dan, dan whitener's
2: on the banjo uh, i've and
1: seen you with lap steel uh, with what's the
2: a uh, Dobro, Adobro, we, that we've played right. with some. Um, but usually right now we're touring with Dan Whitener on banjo, Brian Farrow on fiddle, and two MCs. Two MCs. Arson, the voice of reason, and Dolio the sleuth.
1: And they've been with you for a while, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I, I it right. was funny. I was listening to some interview with I don't know which one of them, mm-hmm. uh, but he said he met you guys like day of somewhere and just fucking that's, got in the van and started our, touring yeah, with That's you. our son, the
2: voice of reason, because Dolio actually referred us to him when, when we needed a, an MC last minute to go on a weekend tour um, that was starting in Philly and then going to North Carolina. And he lives in Philly. Right. So we just met him there before the show and kind of like ran through things real quick and said, OK, just that'll work. clicked. And then he rocked the show and, and jumped in the van with us for the weekend. You know, we don't generally endorse getting into the vans with strangers uh, to, to go some out of state yeah. somewhere. But, uh, but luckily it worked out and, and, and we just kept bringing him back. Our son is, a, is an amazing weapon for us to have in our live shows uh, because he's a, he's a great MC and he also has a very particular talent for freestyling which means we can take him to a show. He can do his regular verses, but Uh half the time he's not. So on any given show, you know, a a verse that he's doing for a song might veer into completely new lyrics and it really keeps it fresh and energetic for us. Me and the banjo player are looking at each other like, okay, he's done 16. Okay. He's at 24 measures like, and and then we're like watching him and he might give some sort of a, a hand signal or, or a crescendo and what he's doing to kind of like, you can kind of feel that he's leading up to the conclusion. So it's almost like kinda, jam
0: band oriented oh yeah, yeah. hip hop. It's a, it's a, a lot of
2: spontaneity where we, we try to, we try to come in. I mean, sometimes we miss it, but a lot of times we're able to hit the chorus coming in when he's done, even though we, we don't, We've never heard the verse that he just did before because he just made up. And he'll be rhyming about things that people in the audience are wearing or something that we did that day, (laughs) something about the city that we're in. And people really respond to that. Right? Right? Right. They're like, oh, my
1: God, this is happening totally spontaneously. So I guess listening to your albums beforehand means nothing when coming to see you live. Well, people
0: respond to, like, people taking risks. Yeah and that and the energy of improvisation mm-hmm. and the energy of the moment mm-hmm. if you're like tapping into that and the interesting thing that psychic connection a great band can have like what you what you just said like we nailed the, we hit the chorus even though we don't know somehow mm-hmm. we know it's you like gotta be tight psych, yeah well it's a psychic it's a more more than tight it's like tight would be if you rehearsed and it was the same every right. time right. this is different intuition this or? is like psychic mm-hmm. i don't know like great bands have a psychic connection
2: yeah we definitely developed that but it's also something that we take advantage of that hip-hop and bluegrass both have this strong improvisational element Mm-hmm. That they share and they right. really they really get it. We found that there's so many things that we have in common, mm. where we just had a different vocabulary for the same things. So the main example that I give is how uh, you know in the bluegrass tradition, coming from the Hollers in Kentucky and Appalachia, people would sit around in a circle on their porch and call out a, a traditional song or a chord progression and then they just like kind of go around in a circle trading solos. Right, the solos you know, are random. It wasn't pre-written, yeah. they just like sit around and be like, okay, let's do this, okay, you go. And then that, that person would be like, okay, you go. Yeah, they just they'd call, about that. They'd call that a pick. Mm. But in hip hop, you got some guys standing around on the corner. Uh, one guy's beatboxing, mm. and this guy takes a verse, you know, off so the cuff, and then he passes it to the next guy. Sometimes. Battle rapping, or just passing verses around, where mm. one guy takes it and then he points to the next guy. They call that a cipher. And early on, in bringing the live band for Gangsta Grass together, where we're we're doing things, and when we realized a cipher and a pick is the same thing. It just clicked. Oh yeah, we know how to do this. Right. We can do the same thing we do with the bluegrass. Side at, with the hip hop side, and so at that point, the banjo player knew like, oh, I can take a solo, and then I can nod to the to the MC, MC to and take and a verse, take, and right. he's going to jump in because he knows the way this works because they do it too.
1: Right.
0: So that you, was an amazing do write thing to You raps as well? Uh, or I just music mostly.
2: I have, but the the rappers write their own raps, and, mm-hmm. and my focus now is is writing uh, some of the singing parts and the overall structure of the song,
3: mm-hmm.
2: like choruses in the song, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, that's cool. It's cool too. It's
0: like uh, you know, so, like diversity too in mm-hmm. in this day and age, coming together and you know, unif- unified.
2: Mm-hmm. And this is what's this is what's happening, whether people like it or not. Like we are, we're all going to be here together, getting being next to each other with lots of different people, mm-hmm. you know. And like the cities are experiencing it now, but it's going to be happening more and more. And so, like I think a lot of what we're seeing is resistance to change in terms of becoming a country of just lots of different people mm. um that are coexisting um that's always been a struggle you know every new wave of immigrants you know meets this like backlash and this hate and then the eventually, great American yeah, ex- experiment yeah and then eventually people like then it becomes normal and they're like oh yeah like you know nobody's worried about the irish right now but yeah. uh I think that, you know, we're going through a bunch more of those transformations where eventually we just like recognize that like, oh, yeah, we're all we're all here. There's new people. There's people that have been here. There's like all these different people here. And um, and we're not a threat to each other. We're all part of actually like, you know, being part of something bigger. And Gangster Grass likes to step out on stage and just represent in what we are and being a multiracial group of showing banjo players and MCs getting down together they're like we're coming from different traditions but there's also all this common ground that you can get together on and say that's cool you do your thing I'm doing my thing and then they actually work great together so there's no there's no friction there
0: yeah I mean I feel like as a musician like it's been like that for so long I mean like when I was growing up in Ohio Mm -hmm. I had a giant poster of Jimi Hendrix over over my bed. That mm-hmm. was like a god to me, you know. <laughs> and then in high school I loved and worshiped Chuck D and Public yeah. Enemy and NWA and all that. So mm-hmm. like for me it's like I've always been embracing absolutely, you know, diverse influences and, You're and I right. think, and a lot of musicians I think do that too. And then like also with the hip hop community embracing rock and roll mm-hmm. and like with Run DMC and you're absolutely Aerosmith, right. It's, bit, it's been a long tradition of Anthrax. that. Anthrax. Yeah, Anthrax, too. To who Anthrax who and it, Public Enemy, yeah. And we had and, it Frank Bellow on. Yeah, and, and he was podcast. speaking about.
3: That's that absolutely tour. true.
2: the The musicians have always been cross pollinating yeah. and influencing each other. And the crazy thing is, is how much the industry has actually propped up all these divisions. Because, and this is something that we love right. to like Labeling. try to try to um, educate people a little bit on the history of the mm. fact that the record companies started in the 1920s mm. during Jim Crow segregation, and so they were like, "Oh, we're selling to these separate audiences." They 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 assumed, "Okay, we can't sell." Um, you know these records to white people because it has black people in the band or whatever mm. and but at the time Musicians were all cross pollinating, yeah. and the music down there They didn't have these labels yet of like country and blues and stuff It yeah. was just southern music and so the record labels actually came up with two genres that They divided out of the same thing and sometimes it was even the same record and they just put a different picture of a different, mm. band different on album it. cover and to the white audience, they sold it under the name of hillbilly music. Mm. And to the black audience, they sold it under the name of race music. Yeah, mm-hmm. And that was where it all started. And then, you know, a decade goes by and people just start to believe it, you know. And then yeah. everything everything becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy from there that we end up believing that there's white music and black music, yeah. even though right. the musicians have always been Soul cross-pollinated. Oh, yeah. You know,
0: like Bobby Caldwell, like uh, mm-hmm. that one song, what's it called? It's like... uh uh, what you won't do for love? You know that song, like. I mean, you probably can't play this, right? You're like, <laughs>
1: it forgets.
0: I was just at a barbecue yesterday, and it was like with, with black people too, and they, they were playing this, and the guy was going like, "When I found out this guy was white, it blew my fucking mind." He goes, "This was at every black barbecue." <laughs> And we <laughs> always thought it was a brother. Yeah, and it's like this guy is a white guy, and when you look at him, he's got like he looks like an accountant with like <laughs> look at it. like with sunglasses on. You know, it's Huey Lewis. Like, yeah, or Huey Lewis or like Daryl Hall right. and John. He looks like Huey. Oh, Lewis. right, Daryl Hall and John Oates too. Like <laughs> right. another one they, when they first came out with like Sarah Smile and stuff like that. Like uh, mm-hmm. you know that everybody thought that they were black dudes. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. interesting, yeah. I think yeah. that, like, yeah, musicians have had the jump on just like you know abolishing It'll, racial lines. Yeah.
2: it would be a good question for the podcast just regularly. I ask your guest, you know, when did you realize that Bobby Caldwell was white? <laughs> uh, I actually uh, just, just now. <laughs> rea- I just actually realized it
0: yesterday when oh, I was yeah. at this barbecue. Uh-huh. To be honest, yeah. And it just hearing what you just said reminded me of for it. For me, um, <laughs> like you know.
2: For a lot of people, also, it was. Um, a Bobby Caldwell sample that was used in the, the Common song. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, uh, what, what is that song? The Height? Hi. The, uh, Hi. Yeah. What was that song called? Uh, there's this song by Common, and it's got this Bobby Caldwell sample. Uh-huh. And go, go, go. so, um, you know, uh, people looking up what that sample was and finding right. out that there was a white guy, but you just, just would, would not have known.
0: Yeah, it seems like the media is is trying to create more and more division and hysteria, you know. I mean, I think there they're, they're very yeah. very yeah. real yeah. problems yeah. that we have to confront and deal with and we definitely have to like reform police and everything like that, but it also seems like you know, the racial divisions are being promoted by the media too and there's a lot of like animosity Animosity being stirred up as well depends on
2: what you mean uh, you know one thing that i 've learned traveling through the country for ten years with a multiracial band mm-hmm. is that the divisions are out there right right, and sometimes it's in it 's in like you have to bring them up, like you have to confront them, like ignoring them is not what 's going to heal them of right course, like we actually yeah. have to like bring this stuff up, and sometimes it will. Sometimes it will be divisive right. to bring that up and like try to hold a mirror up to people and try to like bring up these things and say like we have to address this. So it doesn't bother the, me that much for there to, to for, for people to bring this up and to be talking about race and racial differences and stuff as long as we're like ready to confront that and try to try to work on it. Um, and that's the really tough thing is that like we still just have such a hard time talking about racism.
1: So you guys released a song, a brand yeah. new song, Freedom. Yeah. In the spirit of what's going on, so we we should talk about that a little bit. So, you guys recorded it during quarantine?
2: No, this was one of the three songs that we got recorded before lockdown happened. We Mm -hmm. recorded three songs for the album in February, and we were scheduled to go back into the studio together in late March to finish up the album, which then we couldn't do. So, we had to do the rest of the album uh, remotely. Um, and it's so now
1: coming out august 16th maybe? august 14th
2: uh, the album is coming out it's called no time for enemies and uh one of these songs that we recorded in february two of them we knew like okay these are great songs these are singles and there's this third song that we like we think it's a really cool song i don't think we were really thinking of it in terms of a single and we actually we recorded it as totally a, a black liberation song um, that like doesn't pull any punches and mm. so we were actually talking about it in the studio like this is gonna be really interesting to, to take and, and do live in front of our crowds in Kentucky and Texas and Tennessee
3: mm. um, yeah. but
2: then the, uh, all these uprisings started happening in June and you know the issue of racial justice was so much in the forefront that we were like well this is this is the time to put that song out so we released it on Juneteenth and uh, have had a great reaction to it.
1: Um- and then the, you put out two other songs, right, before the quarantine? Uh, what was the other one? There's
2: one other single uh, called Nickel and Dime Blues. That, one, that, yeah. was, that was the first single we came out. And then a third single that's coming out on Friday. Um, this Friday? Yeah. All right, well, it's this podcast
1: uh, coming out on Tuesday, so okay. it's good timing.
2: Cool. So uh, it's called Ain't No Crime. It's coming out on Friday, uh, July 10th, and uh, it's a fun party track
1: and what's the process in the when you were in the studio Mm -hmm. do you show up with some beats and like what's the Mm -hmm. writing process do you do anything in the studio
2: yeah well initially uh as as the founder and kind of the mastermind i was doing a lot of production where i'd do the beats and come up with these songs and then i'd bring in people to overdub their parts Mm -hmm. and then i do all this editing and, and production stuff but now that we've had the band together for a while. Um, we've had the chance to do more things where we really collaborative write a, collaboratively write a song and then do it at some shows. Take it out on the road to help it like, evolve, it. road test it, make some tweaks and, and let it really like, come together more as a group. And so that's what we were planning to do for this album and we did with these first three songs. And then we had to go back to the uh, studio production uh, version, which is also cool. How many albums have you guys put out? uh this is going to be the uh the fifth studio album and then we have one live album as well
0: have you ever had outside producers or do you produce or we
2: haven't yet i'd be open to that huh. um but we're just we're flying under the radar right like we're these guys off doing this thing weird thing i mean side, i guess so. but i don't know you've had some mainstream success
1: True. i mean
0: your, your live it's album. all relative Did mm-hmm. very well it's all relative
1: mm-hmm. yeah it's all relative yeah. Did your live album chart on the bluegrass charts? Uh, yeah,
2: I, I think it uh, it got up to number two that's on the crazy. bluegrass charts. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. That's yeah. wild.
0: So that's How not that
1: under the radar.
2: Yeah, Kinda. well, bluegrass is a small market.
0: No, that's
3: true. <laughs>
1: right. But then <laughs> I, I assume when you started, mm-hmm. did you feel like the need to prove that, okay, I believe this will work even though everyone thinks this is crazy, and then at what point are you like okay i already proved it i'm just gonna do my thing
2: i have no idea it just happened because no like- i'm i'm doing it just to make it real All Right. because that's something that i want to hear and you know nobody else is doing it the way that i want it to be done so i'm just you know i'm doing it so that i can so i can put it out there and then you know people are going to react however they react right
0: How how do you keep your sanity outside of music? Like, do you have any kind of like meditation practice, Mm. yoga, any of that? No, I just go
2: I just go crazy. You just nuts (laughs) and make music. Just go nuts. Just bananas and then just go down, just go down the hole into insanity. Really, straight up,
0: (laughs) no no self care (laughs) (laughs) regimen at all.
1: I'm
2: uh, I'm gonna get around to that one of these days.
1: Really, I don't have anything either.
0: Well, you rode to the lighthouse a couple of times. <laughs>
1: Once, twice, twice. Three, twice. Times. three times. <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, did you
0: hear the new Run the Jewels?
2: I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. Run the, the Jewels 4, right? Oh, it's so
0: good. Cool. It's my, it's my favorite yeah. new uh, workout yeah. record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I listened to it today, I got, actually. I gotta again. check it out. It's real good.
1: <clears throat> and then, um, could you talk about you guys are doing something super interesting with your Twitch channel? Oh, yeah.
2: yeah. What's Twitch? So uh, when we went into lockdown and we couldn't do all these tours, we had to try to pivot to streaming stuff, which we're, we were behind on. So we're still catching up on that. Yeah. Every, yeah. Everyone so, is.
0: Everyone's, everyone's so playing catch up one, with that. One
2: thing that we desi- decided early on was to jump into this Twitch platform, which initially was... Isn't it for gaming? It, that's what it initially was was games and people watching each other play video right, games. Right, right, right. But they're expanding their, their music really? and arts area so that that's a growing thing twitch. yeah
1: yeah you
0: maybe should. i should figure out twitch
1: mm-hmm. so what, what do you actually What is do twitch? Do that? live streaming yeah
2: it's all about being live uh-huh. there and so uh a few times a week um at least one of us is is on there live sometimes uh a group like friday nights sometimes we have a whole group uh we're, we're like live streaming our zoom call mm-hmm. for us to all talk we did something uh that we'll do again soon uh we've done a few times called kick the can where one of us will live stream us putting down an idea that we just thought of. And then the next night's live stream will be somebody else who, yeah, who's downloaded that and now they're putting their part on it. And then so fans get to actually see in real time us laying down different layers on a song to make Mm -hmm. it. And one of them actually is going to be on the new album because it like it turned out so well. We were like, this, this is totally fits on the the actual cut is,
1: is you guys. Yeah,
0: that's cool.
1: That's a great idea.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Interesting. I what so? Is Twitch is like another social media, like Instagram or something, like where you can get followers, yeah. and that and the other. Yeah, it's good. Another know, one.
2: Every platform you go to, suddenly you have got to worry about some stats and analytics and building up yeah. your following and stuff. So I you got to do it. It's always a bummer. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> what about TikTok?
2: Yeah, we're we're kind of agnostic about TikTok. Um, but TikTok is a platform where it's not really about the artist account itself. It's about having fans, having the influencers on TikTok do their own dance videos to it and stuff right. like
0: that. Yeah. So you got a TikTok or not really? We
2: have one. We don't, we haven't really done much with it. Yeah. You know, I don't know how much you can do in terms of your own artist account on TikTok. It's just a question of whether you want to invest in trying to get people to do dance videos to your songs.
3: mm
1: so as far as putting an album out during a pandemic, and we've had other artists mm-hmm. who dropped albums and mm-hmm. you can't really tour to support yeah. it. So so what's the general plan? Oh, man, like, touring
2: was big for us. I mean, that was really right. like put out an album and then go go play all these shows where you can sell it directly yeah. to people. And, and so it's yeah, definitely going to be different. We're, uh, you know, we've, we've got some videos coming together, but those are also hard too because we can't be in the same place to where shoot is the video everyone? together. I'm in Brooklyn. Uh, the banjo players in Jersey, the MCs are in Philly, and the fiddle players in Baltimore. Huh.
0: Not that you could,
3: well.
1: You could get together, like me in the middle. We're all
2: we're all doing the shelter in place thing very pretty seriously. Yeah. So everybody's
0: still yeah. into it. Yeah. When do you do you think that uh, touring will start up again in the, in a year or so? Or what, what's your prediction?
2: I have my fingers crossed for twenty twenty one.
0: Twenty twenty one. Yeah.
2: I think, yeah, we're. I think it's going to be, you know, we're, it's going to be on the rise again. We're going to deal with some more ways of it through the fall. And then hopefully in the spring of 2021, we'll be at a place where, where we can do. Would you take a va- the vaccine? Are if you, they have a vaccine? Sure.
0: You would take it? Yeah. No, uh, no worries about it at all.
2: It's, it's all risk calculation. I, uh, the worries about it would be less than the worries about the virus so you just gotta you just gotta figure out that balance
0: what about building up like well you said you don't do like a health regime i'm like big into health (laughs) and like Uh building my immunity and stuff like that big into that
1: but i gotta go back to the album thing Did you Mm -hmm. guys think twice maybe we should wait till 2021 to release it why release it now if you can't tour to support it and then like when 2021 Mm -hmm. comes probably have new material by then and is is it a wash I just don't I'm trying to no, get into I artists minds on that I think that. it's
2: still going to be good I think in some ways there's an opportunity to be uh to to be entertainment that people need now or you know there's there's a lot of stuff that uh is filling a vacuum of everybody at home mm-hmm. needing to watch things listening to things and interacting and connecting that way so um it seemed like it was better to just go ahead a lot of people were postponing their albums till the fall mm. and we figured maybe that'll just open up more room for us if we still get it out in the summer it, it'll have a chance to to breathe a little bit more than if we wait and by 2021 we'll probably have another album's worth of material so exactly rather than let this stuff get stale just, just right put it
0: just out. put it
1: out mm-hmm
2: music
0: does it can get it's weird mm-hmm. it's timeless and then also it has a stale thing yeah but then it transcends the staleness mm-hmm. but it takes years yeah, to right. transcend the staleness <laughs> like yeah. now, but like it's fresh yeah yeah and then it's stale but then it's right, timeless right, right. you got to graph that out of you like the gra- initial freshness goes thing. up
2: and then it goes down into like oh that's so it's last year it like, oh, so it's last year stale. and, then, and, year, and then, but then a few like years later five, five
0: years, years from now it's a classic yeah it's fucking awesome like the come to where i'm from re-release not the self plug but like that's all fresh again because it's 20 years old Mm -hmm. 20 years old it's fresh all right forever yeah no i i I hear you but it's what about like do you have any kind of like um you know this is kind of similar to the discipline thing but like a spiritual connection do you have any sort of spiritual beliefs or anything like Mm -hmm. that that you connect to or Pretty agnostic or what's what's the story yeah right? I'm,
2: I'm pretty agnostic i I'm just like more about just connecting with people right in whatever situation you're in
0: yeah no sort of uh prayers or anything like that or... no
2: I don't really I don't really connect with any any kind of one size fits all like this is what you do I think i I just like to react to the situation and build up tools to to try to be good right you know get get wiser as you go
0: yeah
1: Do you have kids?
3: Uh,
2: A lot of the band uh, got into watching this show, The Good Place. Did you that? watch that? Uh, I never uh, heard of it. Oh, uh, with Kristen Bell and Ted yeah, Dance. So yeah, I, I
1: haven't watched It's surprisingly good. Like, Where is it? You know, on Netflix?
2: It was an yeah. NBC show, but yeah, it's, it's on, on Netflix, Netflix now. Good place. I, I got to be honest. Yeah.
1: I watched the first episode years ago, mm-hmm. and I was like, eh, and I quit.
0: How come this came up? But is then, it about spirituality?
1: Yeah, it's yeah. A, and philosophy. Oh. then I heard oh, it that is? it this was the really crazy, good yeah, and got picked
2: up for more seasons. It's so crazy that a primetime sitcom was funny, but it was also so packed with philosophical thought right. that like I can't believe somebody snuck all of that like oh, philosophy really? in. into a primetime show
0: yeah? that's funny and it's it's who is in it
1: Kristen Bell and mm-hmm. Ted Danson oh yeah.
0: okay I like Ted Danson for yeah. some reason yeah he's hilarious I, I don't know she's why too. <laughs> yeah I, she's married to Dax Shepard yeah. yeah
1: yeah and he's got a podcast oh Dax <laughs> Shepard yeah, yeah they yeah. do it from home yeah <laughs> But do you have kids?
2: Yeah, I got two kids. What so do they listen to? They're also to? keeping me busy. Um, I got a five-year-old who listens to whatever, and uh, an eleven-year-old. So he's uh, he's listening to chip tunes. Uh, what are chip tunes? It's like eight-bit music that sounds like you know old video games. Uh-huh. Very very synth. Is that popular stuff? It, yeah, it's a, it's a niche. It's really? a niche. Yeah.
0: yeah, like and it kind of has like beats and stuff mm-hmm. too, right? Yeah. Like electronic yeah. music, but yeah. with eight-bit stuff. Yeah. That's interesting.
1: Chip yeah. tunes. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta look that up. I Does never, he like your music? He likes it okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's got to rebel
2: a little. Sure, yeah. sure. No, I mean, you know, once once I was that age, I started hating country music that my dad listened to for a while.
0: Right. You know? right. What about your mom?
2: And uh, she was she was kind of along for the ride. She listened to all that stuff too.
0: Mhm. Yeah, my parents listened to like the Four Tops and Jim Croce. Mm-hmm. That was about it. They had two. <laughs> yeah. They had two albums. Yeah. That, uh-huh. Sam, literally, they had two albums. Too. that they like Dylan rotated. The <laughs> I swear to God, mm-hmm. my whole influence is the Four Tops yeah. and Jim Croce. Mm-hmm. There you that's go. it.
1: Like, <laughs> At least it was something. <laughs> hey, it's not bad. Uh, yeah, it was. I had Sgt. Pepper mm-hmm. and the Freewheeling. That's, that's it. That's better. I mean, but those were the only. That's two. That's funny.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What's your, who's your dad's favorite country?
2: Oh he's big into George Jones uh-huh so that that got me that got me into that side
0: what do you think of uh Chris Christopherson? he's cool I he's, love him yeah
2: he was a good part of that that uh, outlaw country movement
0: yeah and Willie Nelson mm. oh yeah big time the red-headed mm-hmm. stranger you know it? No. <laughs> that's that's no. what they call Willie Nelson. They uh, have an okay, album no, called yeah. The Red Headed yeah. It's a good album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's
2: the one that uh, Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain is on. It's uh, a great okay. song. I know that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Cool. You got anything else to play? Uh, sure. I'll play a little uh, one of my uh, tunes about getting arrested. I always like that. Yeah.
1: Did yeah. you get arrested? Before you, yes. I have. Uh, so it's true story.
2: Uh, yeah, actually, there's some, there's plenty of truth to this one.
4: Here I am again, getting rid of my rights Every time that I do my thing My chauffeur's got a siren And his handcuffs on my bling I may be causing trouble But my friends, I do it well you know where you can't find me In my home sweet holding cell Cause I look good in a mugshot In the back of a cruiser I'm still hot I know my rights and I won't stop Using the freedom that I got Speaking my mind and taking the street And if they come to put the cuffs on me Thank God I look good in a mugshot at the precinct, know my name, and it's time for another visit. It's been a few weeks since my ACD ran up, and I'm ready to hit it. I don't stand for nobody getting pushed around, and if I see it, I raise my voice. Injustice to one is injustice to all, and I'm ready to make some noise. Cause I look good in a mugshot, in the back of a cruiser, I'm still hot on my rights and I won't stop Using the freedom that I got Speaking my mind and taking the street And if they come to put the cuffs on me Thank God I look good in a mugshot Them's the brakes and I got no doubt Everybody knows what I'm talking about i done things that I ain't proud of And I made mistakes but the cookie crumbles and the cards they fall When I got my back up against the wall I'll keep standing tall and taking them breaks They could lock me up, they could tear me down Till the day I'm six feet underground I'll keep doing just what I gotta do but the deck is stacked and my number's up I gotta take it in stride and suck it up The brakes ain't breaking me cause I know it's true I look good in a mugshot In the back of a cruiser I'm still hot I know my rights and I won't stop Using the freedom that I got Speaking my mind, I'm taking the street And if they come to put the cuffs on me Thank God I look good in a mugshot. Yeah, but thank God I look good in a mugshot.
0: Nice. What? would you get arrested I got to see of? that what'd you get re- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, let me be the judge <laughs> yeah, of that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, would you uh, get arrested they, for? I
2: don't even know if they really do a lot of mug shots for stuff anymore. The last time I got arrested it, the charge was incommoding, which uh, was basically the, like the lowest charge that you could give somebody which just means being annoying incommoding In-
0: Well commode is like what they used to call a toilet back but like yeah, my but no. family from West Virginia called the toilet the commode really uh, yeah that's what it's <laughs> yeah, called so
2: i mean it, it sounds like something toilet related like, sort but of like
0: just, you're acting like a shithead just, basically it just
2: means be, being in the way <laughs> right you're that's not so funny. like n- you're not accommodating
0: you can arrest get arrested for being annoying yeah
2: i so can't believe i l- haven't l- been arrested <laughs> for that <laughs> yet said that the insane. last time so i assume there was a time oh, before yes. that oh yes <laughs> so there was a couple of incommodings back in uh 2000 <laughs> late 2017 what happened recent yeah, that was around the uh, the tax uh, the the tax plan they were putting forward that shovelled a bunch of money towards the rich and uh, gave them all these tax breaks. Mm-hmm. It was a terrible idea. So you were
1: protesting? Yes, or what? I was. Yeah, uh, I was there. where where were you like, protesting? Uh, oh,
2: at the White House, at the Senate Office Building, a lot around the Senate because it was wow. the it was the Senate that was really um, the the engine that was pushing that forward and and just being terrible. They were riding. They were writing these things based on what the lobbyists were telling them on napkins like the night before and then handing it in to vote on without anybody having time to read it.
0: Huh? And that's pretty interesting because not a lot of people were protesting that. So you were doing that out Mm -hmm. there like, uh, what do you call it? Like, you know, somebody who's. Out there alone, I don't know what the. Word no, is
2: like I was that. with I was with groups. I mean, it I mean wasn't, a group, but not it wasn't like a mass not thing. Like but now. I do I do believe that you got to connect with other people and be organized. Trying to do it alone is not the way to go. Yeah. So all you know, strength in numbers is a very important thing.
0: Yeah. So did you guys have any success protesting that, or did it?
2: Not that one. That that one went through. That was uh, unfortunately uh, one that uh, they they just rammed that one through.
0: That'd be good to put. I mean, not to suggest it, but mm-hmm. like. You know, I guess I'm suggesting it, like even throwing that in a verse too about like mm-hmm. w- w- what you got charged for, because that's sure, a, that's yeah. a good story, yeah. And it would also promote the cause. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I did put in there uh, a little something about my ECD running running up, which in uh, a lot of times, if you're doing like civil disobedience, uh-huh. direct actions, um, you you'll go, uh, you'll get a court date, and you'll you'll go to court, and the lawyer will say like. These guys were just using their First Amendment right to protest. yeah they weren't actually hurting anybody. you should drop the charges. yeah They, they don't want to just like drop the charges uh, right out. They still want to say like oh, something has to be said like you know, don't do that again. yeah, yeah. So what they, what the judge has the option to do that they usually do is called adjournment in contemplation of dismissal. Which is just putting some some conditions on dismissing the charges. Uh, usually it'll be something like "don't get arrested again for six months." Like if you're good for six months, then the charges go away. Be
1: dropped, yeah, right. like probation.
2: Yeah, but I, there was there was one time I got arrested, and uh, there was uh, other people getting arrested. Were like the heads of the union, the state senator, or city council person, like these like high up political officials were also doing it, and and we all went to our court date together, and the judge. Uh, The lawyer was pushing for, you know, just drop the charges. You have the power to, like, make it nothing. The judge didn't want to do nothing. But instead of, like, six months, he was like, here's a way you can get the charges dropped, like, today. Uh, I'll just require that you go to this um, quality of life class that we offer here for people that got arrested for pissing on the sidewalk or whatever, public intoxication. Really? Yeah. So we had to go to this class where they had to they had to give us a lecture about being better citizens to, you know, this state senator and city council member who are there not having it. They're like, you know what? We were here exercising our rights to try to make things better for people. And the guy whose job it was to tell us not to do that, I'd be like, OK, I'm legally required to tell you not to do whatever you did. Oh, red tape. Bullshit.
1: um,
2: But you know, the subtext was, you know, I can't, I can't tell you, state senator, that you weren't doing the right thing. But it was really funny to be in that class with them, and and a couple people that were pissing on the sidewalk in public intoxication. (laughs) Sometimes
0: you gotta piss outside, though. I mean, it's like we've all been there, especially during quarantine when everything's closed. Dude, I know (laughs) it's crazy. Like. But it's your... I will you tell have, you this, though. right to protest, though.
2: This is a New York thing, though. There are not enough places to pee yeah. in this city. And 100%. once you realize that people are peeing in bottles, you will never stop seeing pee bottles oh, on yeah, the side yeah, of the, yeah, the road. Well. I've seen that, too. So... We we got to get more places to pee in the city.
1: Who's
0: I agree. Well, why? Well, how can they arrest you if you have a right to protest? where you doing mm-hmm. something specific? That yeah, like, I mean, they... you,
2: you find you find something that you actually you know is against the rules, but is not a serious offense, and you get a minor charge of, mm. um, you know, of disturbing the peace or whatever. You know, small time stuff like that. Or they find something like incommoding that they can charge you Incomoding. with. that means like practically nothing.
1: Who's your first phone call when you get arrested? Is it your wife or is she used to it or is she out there with you? Your
2: your phone call and getting read your rights is is kind of a a Hollywood version of things, I got to say. And when I get arrested, you know, thankfully, like almost all the times I've been arrested, it's been planned through like joining a protest and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you want to do it with an organization, not by yourself. Because they take care of it. Because they have a plan and, and they you have You go a law- in knowing yeah. you're going to get arrested. You go in, you know who's going to get arrested. They've been like, "Yes, I'm I'm planning to get arrested. Okay, Correct. this is what you guys are going to do. You're going to sit over here. The police are going to give you three warnings. And when you don't get up, they're going to take you to the to the car uh-huh. that you're going to be charged with this and then you know you're gonna wait in the holding cell, and then they're kind of and and when you come out of the holding cell, the organization has people there waiting for you, being like, yeah, right. way to go. Um, you know, this whole there's a whole uh, other role of of uh, jail support of the person that's out there who knows what precinct you're in. So it's all planned, all including
1: it's the ers. It's
2: all planned, and uh, that's that's the situation you want.
1: It's funny you say that because I was downtown i live near the court the supreme court where Mm -hmm. all the protests have been going on and they're handing out water bottles to and food to whatever Mm -hmm. whoever's protesting and i'm looking at the water ball and on it it says if you get arrested call this Mm -hmm. number if a fellow protester gets arrested do this and there were instructions on the water Mm -hmm. ball as to what to do and i was like that kind of blew my mind i mean
2: sometimes sometimes you can't plan it out you know, right. things don't always go according to plan. There's still, a, a, you know, there's still reasons to end up getting arrested even if you didn't plan to, but it's best when it's a plan.
1: Well, we need uh, some sort of plan for public urination. And yes, we
2: do. do we yes, we do. We got to stop making all these pee bottles <laughs> around the city.
1: Try running up to uh, riding up to the lighthouse with a full bladder. That's yeah. always an issue. That's brutal.
0: Once you're at the lighthouse, there's plenty of places to, to pee, pee. around yeah, there. I know, <laughs> I <know>. you're fine. <laughs>
1: Cool. well thank you wrench yeah thanks that was wrench. my pleasure yeah 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 yeah. and uh single out this friday where can this people friday is uh called, it's is called it ain't spotify no crime. itunes where are you guys any
2: at? anywhere that you music your music it's going to be there anywhere and everywhere yeah so just uh just look for gangsta grass and uh, our new single ain't no crime is going to be out on friday
0: Gangsta Grass, also, if you guys did want to venture, you should go into the weed business because you got your name already settled. It
2: is being discussed.
1: Yeah, where is it? Oh,
0: really, for real? real?
1: See? Where's the name from? Uh,
2: That was just like the first thing that popped into my head when I was like, I should do a bluegrass and hip hop mashup, and then the Mm -hmm. next thought was, obviously, it would be called Gangsta Grass. Right. That's pretty good.
0: (laughs) Be a great name for a weed.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, Anyway. A weed brand, yeah. A weed brand, that's what I mean. Someday. Someday. All right. Thank you, Ranch. Thanks, sure. Ranch. Thanks, Ehud. Thank you. See y'all. Rock and roll. Rock, Rock and, and roll. roll. <laughs> Hi, this is Joseph Arthur. Thanks for checking out Come to Where I'm From. Please support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Come to Where I'm From. We are an independent podcast and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated.